for the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them. We are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com slash safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, how are you? What's up? It's Aiden Jones. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the 6th of April, 2021. Fuck yeah, dude. I, my back is, my back's, yes, sore is what my back is. Just been lifting furniture. I've just had a shower. I've got a coffee today. How about that? Oh, this is going to be a bit of a different fucking podcast, isn't it? Oi, I reckon I need to swear less. I almost... You know what? I'm always saying that, aren't I? Let's see. All right. Let's see if I can swear less on the podcast today. That was one. Let's count how many swears. I'm getting a little post-it note ready here. One for the word. And I'm not going to say I won't say it. I'm not going to say it. I'm going to try and swear less on this podcast today. Let's count every time. If I miss one, I'll, I'll say out loud when I... <laughs> That'll be fun, won't it? I'll say when I, and if I don't stop myself, if you catch one, how about this? If you catch me swearing um, and I don't catch it myself and message me on Instagram, the first person to message me, I'll send you five bucks. <laughs> message me with the time. That's a sick fucking, oh, damn it. <laughs> Two. <laughs> Sorry, that was yelling. Oh, that's a sick little um that's a sick little thing, hey? Great way for me to promote the podcast. <laughs> you know what I've been saying in the show? Um at the end of my show I've been saying I've got 54 listeners and if um if anyone wants to listen, you're not allowed. You have to find one of the current listeners and fight them, challenge them to a fight. Um, so if any of you guys, I've been doing a whole, man, I've been up in the promo game. I've been stepping up. I've been grinding. I've been pushing to the limit. Um, I've been, uh, using this big shout outs to Evan Demeray, the Canadian King, um, showing me about Linktree, uh, this like link website. So you get like one little site with all your links on there to your other sites. And then they give you a QR code that you can use on your phone or print out and a people, a people like scan it. And then, you know, that goes to your site, whatever. So they can get to all your stuff. And, um, I've been using that. People have been scanning it, following me on Instagram. I've been telling them about the podcast. So all I'm trying to say is all you diehard 54 listeners, if you get, look, people are coming for you, all right? This podcast is about to blow up in a big, big way. And uh, the only way that we accept new listeners is a fight club. The podcast is now a fight club. I still tell stories, but in the background, there's just people fighting for the privilege of listening to these stories. And now there's a monetization aspect. If you catch me swearing and send me a message, 
I will send you five bucks. And that will make me accountable to not want to swear and not notice it. You have to catch me swearing on one when I don't swear, all right? That's actually, that's pretty sick. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Okay. So, um, yeah, I've got a, the, the festival is going fantastic, by the way. Thank you for asking. By the way, thank you for tuning in. Um, it's going great. And I, tonight I have my 11th show in a 22 show run. I've had two four star reviews from the music and the age, which are really the two that I kind of wanted to get at the start of the festival. If I could have picked just two to get, those would have been the two. So that's exciting. Um, and both of the reviews though, while they have been very positive, um, some would say glowing. No, there's been like detraction, you know, both reviews have been great and exactly the kind of stuff that I'm going for, what I want to hear. But both of them have said that I lean on swearing and to go back to the, um, the words of the great, the legendary Glenn Wool, who I supported on tour in Asia in 2019. Uh, after one of the first shows that we did for him, he, he pulled me and Kyle Legacy aside and he said, boys, great stuff, very funny, but too many Fs, okay, from both of you. I don't know why he sounds like Donald Trump. Actually, I do know why he sounds like Donald Trump. I can't do impressions. That's exactly why. Um, he said we swear too much and I counted. I went into my fuck. Ah, oh, that counts as three. <laughs> Damn it. I went into my old jolly 20-minute set. <laughs> and uh, I think I counted something like 36 F-bombs. And a few S-bombs and one well-placed sea biscuit. Which is, uh, yeah, you know what that, you know what the sea biscuit is. I don't need to degrade the level of this podcast. But anyway, so too many swears. Uh, we did push-ups every time we did a swear word. On that tour. Actually, we just did it after one show. And Kyle didn't count his because he doesn't record his sets. So he just did as many as me. <laughs> the dude doesn't record his sets. He's an idiot. The man's a moron, Kyle Legacy. If you're out there, if anyone on here listens to... I wonder if there's any crossover listeners between sitting under a tree and the I Want to Meet the LeBron James podcast. <laughs> I mean, I sincerely hope not. If anyone on here also listens to the I Want to Meet LeBron James podcast, you're first in line for a bashing. <laughs> when the listeners mobilize, when the new, the prospective listeners mobilize, when we, anyway, you get it. Um, yeah, he, we just did, we did push-ups after the show, but he doesn't count, he doesn't listen to his sets, whatever. But I need to swear less. I definitely do. It's just as limiting the kind of language that I'm going to use on stage. If I'm swearing, I'm, you know, it's like a, just an easy go-to. I always think it's like the same kind of thinking that when people use like idioms or when they lean on phrases, like, or just kind of, what's the word? It's like hacky, common phrases, like easy kind of, um, uh, metaphors that people use all the time or just like the kinds of phrases that you hear all the time. And when people lean on those, like you say something that you've heard before and it's like a shortcut mentally for a feeling or it's like memes, you know, like when someone sends you a meme, 
rather than articulating how they actually feel. In one way, I guess it's a kind of concise way to communicate a complicated feeling with a picture. But in another way, you're robbing yourself of the process of actually figuring out the specific thing that you feel and then saying that to someone. If you just have like the meme of that guy blinking bemusedly, you know, to be like, oh my God, I can't believe it or whatever. Like, yeah, that's a, it's a great picture and people laugh and it's funny and you kind of know what people mean, but I feel like you lose something in the process of like really trying to figure out the, what you actually feel about a thing and say those words or find different words. And I think swearing is, it serves the same kind of function when you're stuck in a feeling and you just go, and you say a naughty word because it has impact and everyone kind of feels it and knows it and understands it on a deeper level than just your run of the mill words. So you get a reaction and people listen, but you don't actually get to say the specific thing. And I, and, and, and as an artist, and that's what I am, I'm trying to say things in a more specific way that are more true to who I am. Anyway, you get it. So I'm going to try and stop swearing. Other than that, the festival has been great, man. Um, Last week, oh my, oh, I just, I worked myself to the bone. I really did though. I was working hard. Oh, huge shout outs to, um, I won't say his name because he's not a comic, but the guy that I worked with on Wednesday, man, on Wednesday, me and this dude were working and we were about to come back to the depot at 3.30 and that was like eight hours of work. And that's like a good day. And then we got a call from the office saying, go to another job and, uh, and help them out. So we go there and the other job, like the people are just fricked. They are flipped in the F hole. They, um, were really, really struggling. The two guys that were on this job, it was like a big apartment building with no, no lift. It was all stairs and they were trying to get stuff down and, the most experienced of those two had been at the job for about as long as I have, which is not very long. <clears throat> we got in there and they were both sweating and the older guy was like, man, I need a hug, please. I gave him a hug. And uh, we realized that this job that they were on was going to be like at least for the two of them, but they would have been there till like 10 at night, you know. I mean, it's at least like another four or five hours of work to get everything down, to get it over to the drop-off point, to drop everything off. Um, so we came and started helping them, but I had a gig at 6.30, so I had to leave. So we got there at about 4. I had to leave at um, at 5.30, got back to the depot at 6, jumped on my bike, rode home so fast, cut across traffic on, on Hoddle Street, all of that, you know, I just was a mad dog, and um, then made it to my gig by 6.45 to go on last. I was, was fine, whatever. But I was, you know, stressed. I'd been working for 10 hours. The guy who I'd been working with that day, earlier in the day, we had done a job. I'd told him I was a comedian and we were chatting and um, eventually I was like, oh, told him about my show and he was from, I can't remember, uh, where was he from? Where was he from? He was Assyrian, not Syrian, Assyrian. So maybe he was from Afghanistan, might have been that guy, can't remember. But anyway, um, and so we were talking about, you know, 
race and cultural things or whatever. And um, I told him about my show and he seemed interested. And then at, at one point we went to this, oh my God, actually I have so many things to talk about. We moved this, uh, this house, this lady was there and it wasn't her, it was her son was moving. And so we're moving all this stuff. He's got two rooms in her house and I'm like, I'm like looking around at this stuff and I'm like, oh, is this like the dude's clearly an adult who's got all this stuff there. It's a lot of adult stuff, a lot of adult stuff, you know, like porno and and guns and a driver's license. (laughs) No, it was like the things that you wouldn't be able to accrue in like two years of adulthood. The guy was clearly like a fully fledged man. Um, you know, bookcases and a bunch of old books and just old things that a person would have, whatever. Um, so I'm going to this lady and she must've been like 60 or so. And I'm like, oh, you know, or maybe even 70, I don't know. Um, (laughs) I was like, oh, what is this? Like a COVID move? Like how long is, uh, has your son been at home? And, uh, she goes 41 years, 41 flipping years, man. I mean, and she looked at me with this like, yeah, I know. So immediately I'm just like, who is this guy who has been living with his mum? He's 41. Oh, surely that has to be, when is it appropriate to really start just going in on the bullying of a person? Surely if you're living with your mum at 40, like that's pathetic. And I said to her, like, what finally was the, you know, how did you finally kick him out? And she goes, I sold the house. She sold the house that he grew up in, that he was just, I have nothing but contempt for this man. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I just, you know, I'm I'm sorry, but I just think it's pathetic. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I just don't know about that. Really? For me personally, I just think that's a little bit rubbish. Really? Yeah, no good. So I want to meet this guy, obviously. And then also the other, to finish the story from before, this lady had a piano at her house and I was looking at it with my greedy little crow eyes. Um, <laughs> um, just, you know, I'm like, who plays piano? She's like, oh, I do. And I'm like, can I, do, do you mind? Like, can I have a bit of a play? And I played. And anyway, the guy that I was with was like, oh my God, that was so impressive, man. And I was like, mm, thank you. Secretly inside, I was like, yeah, damn effing right. Oh, look at me. I'm doing good. Not swearing. Anyway, um, <laughs> damn straight or whatever. Maybe I shouldn't even say effing. Maybe I'm not even allowed to say effing. Yeah, I reckon that's fair. Because I can't be like saying effing on stage because that's still whatever. I'm still, I'm, that's still the same release valve. I'm trying to get away from that and use more colorful language. Anyway, so I play, uh, I play the piano and the guy's like, dude, that's so impressive. And then he booked tickets to my show. So when we do the job, like when we get stuck on that other job later, I leave, he's stuck there. He worked 13 hours. They didn't finish until quarter past eight. And then he went home and, uh, and came to my show, and when he walked in, I was like, ladies and gentlemen, this man, I was working with him today, he just worked for 13 hours, went home, had a shower, and now he's at my show, what an absolute legend, can we please have a round of applause for him, and after the show, he was like, yeah, thanks, man, I was yelling at the office after work, so I don't know if I'm going to get that many more shifts, (laughs) Um, but he came to my show, what a legend, anyway, 
So this lady with her 41 year old kid, it was a, an interesting vibe, man. I mean, I guess it kind of reminded me of me and my mom a little bit because she clearly thinks the world of her son and that's great. But on another level, she's also just tired of having this kid. I mean, 41, ugh. Honestly, I just, I, how can you respect yourself as a man living with your mom at 41 years old? I don't care what you got going on, man. Like, okay, maybe if you actually need care, like if you have some sort of thing where you need care and you can't be independent, that's like a medical condition or a mental thing. It's like clinical, sure. But if you're just, like, I think he was just a traveler. I think he just loved traveling because she was talking about him later. And she goes, oh, you know, um, yeah, he's just like a real, he's always traveling and he's always, um, you know, people love him and I, I reckon he could charm his way into anything. Because I was telling her, like, she was asking about the work and, you know, I'm like, oh, well, I've been fired from 14 jobs in my life, so I'm no prize duck either, really. Um, but I'm really good at getting jobs because I've been fired so many times so I can talk my way into a lot of jobs, but I'm just not that good at keeping them because I'm a bit of an idiot. And she was like, oh yeah, I reckon my boy's like that. And he, you know, he's always, and he's just a traveler. So she clearly is like, loves the guy. And I, I was just, I was so intrigued. I'm like, who's this guy? And, um, we get to the drop off and it's an apartment and we're putting all the stuff up and my partner who I was working with, he goes up and I'm still in the truck doing stuff. And then I eventually go up and I'm excited to meet this dude. I go up, he's not there. Mum is moving his stuff for him. He's working at a bank, at some bank. I hope that, the, yeah, I'm not given enough details that anyone would ever be able to figure out who this is, but he's working at a bank in the day and he's getting his mum to move his stuff for him. I just, how do you get to that point? What happened in this guy's life or in this lady's life? Like, I mean, that's a failure on both of their parts somehow, surely. Yeah, I just, I, the, I guess like in the last year or two, I've had a bit of a turnaround with my own relationship with my mum in terms of like, I don't want to... <clears throat> I don't want to always be taking money off of her and she is like always there. Like I love to know that she's there and like ready to help me, but I had to kind of stop and go like, actually, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. And that was a big moment for me in my independence. And it's like, the reason I did that is because I need, I realized for myself that I need to be able to do, you know, take care of my own money and support myself on my own to move forward in my life and what happened to this guy like I realized that and I realized that so late I was 29 this dude's 41 his mum's moving him out of his house into an apartment while he's at work at his job so he can what go just because he's like COVID happens so he can't stay in a backpackers hostel in Peru I really wanted to swear then I'm angry and I want to swear why am I angry at this guy why do I have contempt for this guy I think I just, it's just like be your own person, right? Fight for your place in the world. I I think that's something that everyone should do. You should fight for your place in the world and for the things, if you want to care about stuff and if people want to listen to your opinion, you should be able to 
stand on your own two feet and not be a drain on other people. I don't know. I don't know why I care so much about this. You know what? If that guy's mum wants to pay for his move and if he's happy accepting it, good for them. I guess. Why do I care? What do I do? Who cares? All right. I'm just working a job as a removalist and doing comedy. I Yeah. Good, good for you guys. Great. Keep going. His room where he had all this stuff, it was really dusty. His mum sounded like she was done. I was happy for her that she managed to, I guess, gather up the kind of the, the, uh, what's the word? The strength, the courage to kick him out on his ass. You know, there was like a room in her house that was like his rooms. Like he had his room and then another room of his, she called them his rooms. And she was like, Oh, I don't go in his rooms. And we took like something out and it was just like all dusty. And I was like, man, come on. You're living in your mom's house. You can't even keep your room clean. Ugh. I hope I'm not that person. I don't want to be that person. It was just an example of, I guess maybe the reason I despise it so much is because I see some of myself and the parts of myself that I don't like about myself in that, i.e. willingness to take charity, unearned charity from people. I'm like, I know if I let myself, I could totally be that guy and I don't want to be that guy. So I'm going to make sure in my mind to be extra contemptuous towards him to make sure that I don't become that. All right, let's stop analyzing ourselves and move on still three swear words two-thirds of the way into the pod what's the picture for this week i reckon the picture for this week is gonna be um maybe just a picture of my ticket sales yeah i'm obsessed with my ticket sales right now guys oh my word oh this is how long it takes i'm gonna scroll full speed through my ticket sales ready and count how many times my thumb touches the screen one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen that was full full speed scrolling through my downloads we've got i mean we're looking at at least like 20 to 30 downloads a day maybe like once every half hour on average except for when i'm asleep i'm downloading my ticket sales that seems quite apt for the moment the shows have been sick. Um, what else has happened? Not oh, heaps. I mean, just that. Wednesday was hectic. Thursday was hectic. Friday. Oh, I've kind of been getting sick a little bit, which is scary right now because it's like COVID. Optics. The optics of being sick. How weird is that word? That's a word that, you know, someone spends too much time on the back end of like Facebook business manager if they're using the word optics. The optics aren't good. All oh, the optics are not good of getting sick right now. I just we're not sure about how that's going to play in the twenty to thirty-five demographic. Getting sick right now, not a big angle in the marketing world. So let's just steer clear of that and look towards wellness as a possible angle. Yeah, I've been getting sick a little bit. I, my girlfriend got sick. Heaps of people have been getting sick. I heard from someone that the Melbourne Comedy Festival in Melbourne is actually ground zero each year for flu season because it's this big event with a lot of intermingling of different groups of people and enclosed spaces and people are, you know, not getting enough sleep, etc. So some people get sick and then they are in frequent contact with other people and everyone ends up getting sick. And that's what kicks off the flu season because of the time of year that it is in Melbourne, blah, 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 blah. So that's why it was, I guess, a difficult pitch for the DHHS, the Department of Health and Human Services in Victoria to 
allow that to happen this year with everything that's happening. But we've had no cases in Victoria for like a month and a half. And it's just, it's, it's feeling good. COVID is not really a thing, but I'm still getting sick. I'm running Lemsip. I'm running Codrill day and nights. And I'm running butter, butter menthols for my throat. And uh, the day off yesterday could not have come at a better time. I think I like worked myself real hard on Wednesday and Thursday. My immune system was down. My tech got sick and had to take a day off. And she's back at work, but like she got a negative test, but she's still kind of sick. I haven't been tested. I should have been tested yesterday. I was lazy. I didn't go. I apologize. I've let the club down. But um, yeah, I was just kind of real scared. Yesterday and today, I woke up with a scratchy throat. I'm feeling a lot better right now, and I've got a show tonight. I wasn't really coughing at all, and I was just taking care of myself and getting a lot of sleep and all that kind of stuff. But... um, I feel like I'm really walking the tightrope right now. I just, the show's going so well. I'm really, I really think I have to, um, I would like to be able to stop and take a moment to be appreciative of how well the season is going. Like I'm not selling out every show, so it could be going better, of course, but as far as like seasons that I've had in Melbourne, this is as good a season as I've had. This is a very good season. I've had two great reviews, four stars. Uh, people like comedians and people in the industry are talking about my show. People from the comedy festival are talking about my show. They're coming up to me and saying nice things about the show, which feels really good. My friends are coming. All of my friends have said that the show is great. Um, you know, comedians are coming and seeing the show, which are always is like a huge compliment and it just is really good. Um, so as much as I've been working the last week at my job and at comedy, and I guess I just am feeling like I don't have a lot of time to myself, maybe right now I would like to take a moment to be appreciative of the season that I'm having because it is like I'm very lucky to have had this opportunity to play in this room for a month. And um, to have the people come to my show who have come to my show and to have people enjoy it and just everything. It's great. And to be even doing shows, you know, while the rest of the world is still struggling with the COVID-19 crisis. It's great. I've just messaged the Comedy Festival asking if I can add a couple more shows. And that's a little strategy for me. Here's how I'm thinking about it is like, I don't need to add more shows because I'm not selling them all out. But it would look good to other people if I were adding more shows. And I think if I put them on, they'll appear on the site and people will just come because they'll see, like, I'd love a show at like 5 p.m. on a Sunday, you know. If I just put that show on, I reckon 20, 30 people are just coming because maybe they've heard about my show and they're in the city at that time or they couldn't come at 9.40, it's a bit late for them, whatever, so they just end up coming. So, and I just, I want to make hay while the sun shines. Where I'm at right now, I'm probably looking at netting, grossing maybe 15 grand for the season and net maybe 10. And I would love to get that a little higher. While the show's got a bit of momentum, let's get some more people in the door, sell some more tickets and so on. So yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. You know what? If I can't add shows through any venues at the comedy festival, maybe I'll just add shows... At another venue. 
That'd be cool, hey? That's probably doable, right? Why not? I'm going to ask. Anyway, that's not really that important. I don't know. I've still got some time left. and I feel like I'm running out of things to talk about. I guess I'm just really tired. I guess I think I am quite tired. I think Comedy Festival, while it is exciting, is still taking a little bit of a toll on me. Um, I'm excited about... There's like a couple parts in the show where I've started talking. Mm-hmm. Both of the reviews have not... I guess I always think the show could be funnier. That's always where I'm at is like every show I write, I'm happy with it. The story's good. The jokes are there. People laugh. They enjoy it. But I always think it could be funnier. I mean, someone like Mike Babiglia is a good like kind of goal to aim for. That's someone who tells stories but is still a functioning comedian who can work in clubs. I'd love to be that guy. I just don't want people to think of me as like a storyteller in the sense of like the moth or, you know, poetry slams or whatever. I still want to be a comedian and I still want to get booked at comedy clubs because that's what I, that's the kind of stuff that I love. So I think the the show could probably be a little bit better. There's a bit of a dead space in the middle where I talk about serious issues, but I'm also really enjoying, I guess, expanding on zeroing in on how I feel about the serious issues and talking about that and really trying to kind of go hard at it. I've only got two weeks after the run, so I might as well go as hard as I can and try and say exactly what I want to say, figure out what I want to say about the things that I'm talking about and say it. Um, Cause yeah, I guess I don't get really that many opportunities to do this show after this. Maybe I'll try and tour it. It'd be nice to have some opportunities to tour it later on. But for now, this is it. Anyway, I reckon that's pretty much it for the podcast. And for now, uh, I've got like a minute left. Um, how about we end on a song? Who likes short shorts? Dun, 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 dun. I wear short shorts. This has been Aiden Jones. Sitting under a tree. The podcast that you have to fight some other person to listen to. Fuck you, you stupid, ugly shithead cunts. That's four, five, six. Go and suck my dick. Fuck off seven. <laughs> cunt, cunt, cunt. Eight, nine, ten. That's the podcast. Thank you very much. This has been Aiden Jones sitting under a tree. Go fuck yourself. Eleven. Fuck you. Twelve. Bye. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough. And the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you, so you can always depend on us. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.